Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with LeVar Arrington, Jonas Knox, and myself, Brady Quinn. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Y'all know what that is? Damn right. Base uh. hammers. Yeah, that's Base right. hammers. <laughs> Base hammers. Base hammers. Base hammers. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, you know, Corns, Southern California band. Yeah. You know, people Bass listening hammers. on the blowtorch. AM five seventy LA Sports. It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports I mean, Radio. It really is hammer time. It is like for real, for real. Uh, it's Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are, making us a part of your Friday morning. We appreciate you doing so. And you know what that means? It's a football Friday. Yes. Baby. Yeah. Let's yes. Go. Yeah. Come, Come on, on, baby. A little football Friday Come on. here. Yeah. Here we go. Friday. Here we go. Come on. It's football. Football. Can't wait to not Friday night. NBA. Football. Come on. Football. Come on. Football. Touch Friday night. Touch. Come on. Touch. Come on. Fourth down. First down. Third down. Yeah. Shot block. Yeah. What? It's uh close line. It's line. Uh, listen, uh, this is a big time weekend in the NFL. We're going to have more of our, uh, you know, award winning previews of these conference championship games coming up uh, later on in the hour. But uh, there is uh, something that just popped up out of nowhere yesterday. Uh, apparently, the Las Vegas Raiders, who, by the way, don't let anybody out in Southern California try and fool you. Uh, the Raiders are still the most popular team in California, especially in Southern California. It's just a fact. Um, but the uh, Raiders apparently have put in a request to interview none other than Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. Uh, and there is this feeling, because the reportedly momentum is is growing right. there, yeah. um, that they could... Because they interviewed, uh, what, Dirk, Dirk Diggler for the uh, general manager I, job? I believe so, yeah. That was, uh, ah, that was, that yeah, yeah, it was Dirk Diggler uh, who ah. was interviewed for that job. But, uh, but the, the, the was that the bonus is, scene? The boogie uh, nights? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. With a roller The girl. bonus ending yeah. scene? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Hey, Pac-Man! Yeah, the, uh, oh, no. Yeah, the, uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the time and place. Not the yeah. time and place. Uh, but uh, Dave Ziegler is oh, the, uh, Ziegler, yeah, is the well. uh, uh, reportedly the package deal along with Josh McDaniels that could end up there because he's <laughs> an executive deal, huh? uh, with the uh, – well, I figured it was appropriate. Uh, you know, it, okay. uh, they feel like it's going to be – it could go in that direction. Um, and, and I just – I would ask this question. Why would Josh McDaniels leave now? And why for mm. that job? So glad you brought this up. A little um, weird, right? Now, you know, at first I thought it was weird. However, then I started looking at the landscape and started looking at New England. And so there's a few theories off of why I think this could make sense. The first is, let's not forget the first time around for Josh McDaniels when he became the head coach of the Denver Broncos, he tried to take on all of the responsibilities, similar to what Mike Shanahan had done. And I think as a first-time head coach, especially someone that was also going to be calling plays, you're really wearing three hats, right? You're in charge of personnel. You're in charge of being the head coach and your team and managing your staff. And then you're calling plays and game planning. It's just a lot to take on. 
I think he probably learned a little bit from that time, from that, that lesson where it didn't work out. And, and maybe he's looking at it saying, I want to go and, and be a part of an organization as a head coach where I trust the general manager. And his relationship with Dave Ziegler might be one that makes a lot of sense on a team that I, th- I think you'd have to admit the Raiders with a few more pieces, if they're already contending, what makes you think they can't continue to, to contend? And so you know you've got great facilities. That's a no-state income tax state, so you're going to be making a, even more money as far as what you'd normally be getting paid as a head coach. So there's, there's all these things, but I think it comes down to this. I think Josh, Josh McDaniels is getting the sense that Bill Belichick's going to hang around a little longer yeah. than maybe he thought because everyone thinks that Josh McDaniels is the coach in waiting. And I'm thinking and wondering if it's not more the fact that maybe Bill Belichick's going to hang around until his son would potentially take over for him. And, oh. and maybe Josh is getting a sense of that. He's like, I'm going to go ahead and get out now and take this opportunity now to go work with a general manager that I think we could really have some success with and work well together and maybe a team that they view is on the rise, if you will, in the great city of Las Vegas, one of our favorites across this country. Better believe it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if this is the right landing spot for McDaniels to go to Vegas. I, I still, I mean, I think that it is a great, I guess, a setup in terms of the way they finished. Um, but I don't know. I just I feel like, symptomatically speaking, they overachieved based off of a lot of a lot of different factors, and I don't know if that's what they're going to be next year. And then if they're not what what they perceivably seem to be in the way that they finished up this this season. What does that mean for Josh McDaniels? You oh. know, and, and I, I, don't, I just, I don't know, you it, know. It, it's, are, the, are the Raiders better? Because remember the Colts job was there four years ago. And, you know, whatever you want to believe, whether or not he actually was given a contract and it wasn't signed. I mean, whatever the, the report was, but he decided he didn't want to be a part of it. Is, is this Raiders job and situation better than that job and situation four years ago? And, and I don't know that it is, which I think goes to Brady's point of, he had to have gotten some indication if he's really serious about taking a job now. He had to have gotten some indication from Belichick. Hey, it's going to be a little while, and he maybe yeah. just doesn't want to wait. Uh, yeah, and, and you don't you don't know personally behind the scenes too where he's at with his family. You know, maybe this is that point in time where they feel like if they're going to make a move, they can make the move if that opportunity presents itself. But you know, I, I just I look at what other teams are doing, and we talked about it with the Jacksonville Jaguars, where if Byron Leftwich is the head coach you want. He's sitting there saying, well, this is the guy I want to work with as my general manager. I, I don't want to come in here and work with someone else. We have the, we're, we're aligned. We have the same vision moving forward. We've got you know, a previous uh, time coaching together back when Byron Leftwich used to be in Arizona. And, and it works. Like when you look at some of the most successful organizations, it works. You know, if you look at the Chiefs, for example, when they lose one of their personnel folks, like a Ryan Poles, who now is the general manager for the Chicago Bears, they will then end up hiring from within. They're usually not bringing in outside guys or outside people. You know, they want to continue to work with people that they've worked with that understand Andy Reid's approach and that are collaborative. I think the model now of, hey, we've got a general manager here who's going to end up hiring our next head coach, it just it seldom works out that way where there's success. Now, you might say, well, what about Brian Dable and Chris Curry? He's already in Miami. Well, you know, that, that's not a done deal. 
and, and maybe Brian Dable takes the chance, and, and maybe for other reasons he wants to go down there because he's already been with the organization. So he might feel like, well, I've already been here, so I know the owner, I know a lot of other pieces here, and this makes more sense to fit with what I want to do. But, you know, having a general manager and head coach who are aligned and who come in together, it seems to be now what is the really the way that everyone's trying to copy in order to have success. So I, I think this has to do with relationships. It has to do with uh, Dirk Diggler, excuse me, Dave Ziegler <laughs> and, and Josh McDaniels. <laughs> All right. I think that's what this more has to down, do with. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it's, you know, uh, Brett Veach, he, he actually started off as like, like quality control for Andy Reid. Like he was with Andy Reid pretty much, his entire career before he became the GM. So I, I think there's something to be said about the GM having some type of tie. Now, I don't, that wouldn't be the case here where, you know, McDaniel, you know, has groomed him and, and has had him around and he understands what Josh wants and how he wants it through being a coach or a head coach. But to, to have your guy be at the GM's position we said it earlier in the show, right, when when we were talking about, uh, you know, Adrian Wilson, uh, yeah, going with, with uh, possibly Byron Leftwich. When you have that familiarity and you have that, you're on the same page as to what it is you want to get done. When you go through those hard times or, or you're making those decisions, like that power to veto generally is the owner if they get involved. But if it's not – then now you're talking about a collective group effort where the main two people that are making the decisions are are in cahoots. And that's one of the only times I'll say colluding makes sense. Colluding between a GM and a head coach, to me, always makes sense. And, and they also uh, interviewed, what, Gerard Mayo? I think it was right. a few days ago. So they, right. they've kicked the tires on a couple of Patriots so th- assistants. They, they clearly like Ziegler for the general manager job. Now they're just trying to figure out who he wants to work with. Uh, I mean, at least that's what it, that's the message that it's sending. And, and look, if you could pair up Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr, I, I, I've, I've, I've constantly, Jonas, working with you for years, and, and now LeVar with you, like, I, I'll defend him to the end of time. Like, I think he's a good enough quarterback. He's never really had a true number one wide receiver in, in how long. And, and you put him in that system. They, they continue to build out around him, continue to build that defense. I, I think they could be in a good spot. I really do. I know it's a tough division, but I don't think, much like Aaron Rodgers isn't looking at Denver and saying, well, it's a tough division. I have to deal with the Chiefs. Because do you think Tom Brady was thinking that going to the Buccaneers? Like, oh, I have to worry about Drew Brees and the Saints. They don't think that way. You look at that opportunity and you go in there expecting to win. No different if Aaron Rodgers ends up going to Denver. He's not going and going, oh, no, I'm, I'm worried about the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Like, you're pro- if you go in the AFC, you're going to have to play them eventually to go play a Super Bowl. So why not try to have the upper hand and win the division? And at least you got them coming to Denver then, right? Uh, by the way... So- I'm not trying to get on like a tangent here. I'm just saying I don't think any head coach, any you know quarterbacks, looking at it in as fearful of well, it's a competitive division. So what? 
It's the NFL. I mean, you could pick a bunch of divisions. The NFC West's competitive. The AFC North's competitive. Like, wherever you – it's an opportunity, and it might make the, the, the most sense at the right time. By the way, if uh, if it plays out the way that you kind of threw out there, not that it would, would play out like this, but just a, a possible scenario that, you know, part of the reason why Josh McDaniels may be, you know, looking elsewhere is because he's been given the indication that maybe Belichick would turn the reins over to his son to be the next head coach. You know how many people that would piss off if Belichick's son steps in the door and Nepotism. gets it. Oh my God. They would his, lose they tear their minds. Up, well, and I, that's why I, I don't know that that's likely the scenario, but there's the, there, there's the more likely scenario that Bill looks at him and said, Hey, I like what we did this year with Mac Jones. I want to build on this. I'm going I'm to be sitting in this chair for a while, right? Kind of like secession. If anyone watches that show, apparently <laughs> no one watches any shows on this, on this radio show. Uh, all 22 is for me. Yeah, oh, the film. But but I'm just saying, you know, the the son's waiting to take over for the father, and the father ain't stepping down, and and, and eventually it becomes an, an issue, and there's some backfighting. That's almost how you look at this, right? You know, they invited Josh McDaniels back in and convinced him that maybe he'd be the coach and waiting. Well, that's that's fun for a period of time, but once you've been a head coach and once you've controlled things on your own it becomes hard to work for someone else, and that, and that can get wearing. I'm sh- I, I can assure you that can get wearing in New England. Mm. It's uh, Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and use code 2PROS. That's the number 2PROS to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Up next, we've got a boogeyman in the NFL. A boogeyman in the NFL and an entire fan base is terrified. Find out who it is next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, my God. A bull rider, too, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Lamar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Oh, man. Uh, Coming up later this hour, a little over 20 minutes from now, we are going to have another edition of Over-Unders, a conference championship edition of Over-Unders, which Lamar Arrington has been really good at all year long. He's been Uh, really, really good at it. Just not on... uh... Shot collars. Yeah, shot collars. But shot listen, collar. I mean, work for me. look at that. That's not so. Joe Burrow got sacked, what, nine times last week? He got sacked, Brady, what was it, five the previous meeting or four against the Chiefs? Uh, four. Okay. I, I believe Chris Jones had two and they had, they had two others. I yeah. mean, four it's and a half. I'm going oh, to go more than that. Yeah, I'm just four and a half feels like the right number. We're going to break yeah. more than four. four. Four and a half's the number. It's just whether or not you think it's going over under that. I was going to say less than five, but, you know, now it, that I started thinking about it, if it's going to be – if. If we were going to set it at four, then I'm going to say more than four. Okay, l- let me ask you this, Brady. This is a uh, <laughs> that's why you set it at four and a half, Lavar. You have to pick a side. Yeah, five I or know. Four, yeah, right? it's just easier that yeah, way. I think it's going to end up at five. Uh, Brady, five plus. Okay, why why does Burrow get sacked so much? As and I know everyone say, oh, it's the offensive line. Is it is it all the offensive line, or is there something happening there that he's the number one sacked quarterback in the NFL? No, I mean, look, there there is a fair amount. That is the offensive line. They've tried to make some adjustments and changes up front that, uh, that haven't necessarily worked out as well. Uh, I, I, Deniji, I believe is, is his name. He kind of went in at right guard and struggled uh, versus the Titans. But 
Uh, it's a number of things. It's always a number of things. You know, there's times Joe Burrow holds on to the football, but there's times when he's holding on to the football, and it's in part because they've got route concepts where there's really no quick answer or there's no dump down. Um, there's times when they're just in five-man protections, and they don't have any help to their offensive linemen. You know, it's, it's five on four, or in some cases, if they bring a fifth guy, it's, it's one-on-one matchups. And that offensive line, more often than not, is, is not always going to be able to win those matchups. So it's a combination of things. I mean, it's the coaches not you know, figuring out a way to get the ball out of his hand quicker or giving their offensive line help. Uh, at times, it's, it's Burrow holding onto the football. And, and you can understand that when you've got Jamar Chase running around somewhere down there, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, the, the rest of their, their group. Uh, and then there's times where they're just getting beat. I mean, flat out. You know, the big debate in this past year's draft was Jamar Chase or a guy like Panay Sewell. Right. And, you know, I don't know that anyone's going to second guess the draft pick now because of how good Jamar Chase has been and this team's playing the AFC Championship game. People were outraged. But you better believe in this draft, <laughs> they <laughs> their, their first couple picks are going to be offensive linemen. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that. A couple of things I didn't realize. Number one, I didn't realize Burrow was as big as he was. And I, I just all I assumed he was like six two, and then I was, I was, wow, he's bigger than I thought he was. And I didn't realize that Jamar Chase was only six feet tall. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't he realize. Bigger than that. Yeah, like just, there was something about him. Like his breakaway speed's unbelievable. And they were showing highlights of them earlier this year. I find it hard to believe Kansas City is going to give up two hundred plus to to uh, uh, Jamar Chase again. I find that hard to believe that that's going to happen. That's part of the I reason just, why I think that's going to go in, in the but, way of Kansas City. But this was like late in the season where it's not like I Steve know. Spagnola and <laughs> and their their secondary wasn't aware of how good Jamar Chase is. I mean, I know it's his rookie season, and it might have been if it was like week three, you might go, oh, okay, I get it. This was like three or four weeks ago when this happened. I mean, <laughs> they were trying to stop him. They just couldn't. Like, he's that good of a player. See, the thing about it is you can't try to stop him. You have to try to contain him. You have to do what people have done best, which is pass rush him. They're going to have to overload the line. They're going to have to move coverages around, try to give pre-snap looks where it's like, okay, the slant isn't there. We, we got to push upfield or – the route might be on the sideline, you know, and out uh, over the shoulder throw, whatever it may be. But you're going to have to – Spags is going to have to to put Burrow in a position where his pre-snap reads can't be – if he allows him to get good good tags on on his pre-snap reads, it, it's, going, it's going to be a long day for Kansas' Kansas's defense. Here's so, what they did last time. They loaded up to stop Joe Mixon in the running game. And they were successful at doing yeah. that. The problem is, is they thought they could win in a shootout versus the Bengals, and they couldn't. And I mean, they ended up not being that way. So that's what's going to be interesting about it is how much of a, of a home field advantage Arrowhead presents. Because if that offensive line struggled versus the Tennessee Titans rush, now you're playing an Arrowhead, which it's louder than Nashville in a stadium that had reportedly, what, 30% Bengals fans in it anyway. Yeah. Now you're playing an arrowhead where there might be like 5% of Bengals fans make it to this game. It's going to be all Kansas City Chiefs fans, and it's going to be loud, and it's going to be tough for that offensive line to deal with Chris Jones, who went off the last time, and Frank Clark, and Melvin Ingram, who, I mean, he might have been the sneakiest, best pickup, like midseason pickup, uh, for any team this year, he has added such a different dimension to their pass rush that it, it could get ugly. And, but it all depends upon what they go or how they go about trying to limit Chase, 
but at the same time, stop the Bengals from running the football. Because I do think, like most teams go into Arrowhead and they say, we've got to be somewhat balanced because we, we can't you know, win in a shootout. And, and maybe Cincinnati thinks they can, but I just think you're putting Joe Burrow at risk if you think that pass rush isn't going to get to you eventually. And, it, and look, the Titans did nine times. I mean, I just you're putting Joe Burrow at risk if you don't try to have some semblance of balance. If you if you were a fan of a team that hadn't been to this point in a long time, like the Bengals, hadn't been in a long time, would you really want to travel on the road to go see this game? I'd rather stay in Cincinnati and watch it. I, I'd rather be back home and That's watch Scotland, it. Chile. Yeah, hell Boston yeah! Like whatever, whatever you want to, yeah, whatever you want to eat. Like Brady, you grew, yes, grew up. A, okay, you grew up a Browns fan. Say yeah. say they they got to a Super Bowl. Would you want to go to a Super Bowl or stay in home at home in Cleveland and watch it there with your family and friends? I'd rather stay home. Like who? Like so? So Kansas City have all the fans you want. You're not going to complain like uh, like uh, Rams Rams fans well, or players. Some people really enjoy. Joy. But some Who's people, is it Troy and, and Joe? Then yes, I'd rather stay home and watch it at home and listen to those guys. Oh, but but a lot of did. people like wow. listening to their, their I got you, they like yeah. listening to their favorite guys on the radio too, the local guys that make the call. See, here's yeah. what you gotta understand, and and Brady will understand this, and I'm gonna help you to understand. Thank this. you. All right, it's not so much about going into the games. A lot of times, it's about being there. Being in 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 the the area of it, right? A lot of people will set up their Winnebago's and will never go into the stadium. They just stay there and they watch the game right there. So when you when you're talking about stay at home versus go, there are some people that really they just that's their life is following the team. Yeah, well, they follow the team. Some of them got to get into the to the stadium, and they sit there and it's so funny because I mean I'm. It's old school, but it's it's way different now. But you see, you used to see people with their their what was their short what is it called shortwave radio headphones oh, yeah. like the the cordless headphones yeah. that you and you tune in and you're listening to the them make the call. Those are those are fanatics for real. Fanatics for real will travel. Yeah, stay home. They will travel. Here's why, especially Listen, it, Bengals fans and uh, and Browns fans and. Like Midwest guys, like they love jumping in their trailers and going. Okay. Their buses, their their Winnebago. First of all, got I have tailgate. I've tailgated. I mean, tailgate. I take offense to that. Yeah, I take offense to that. We're not a bunch of gypsies in Ohio. Hey, look, I've tailgated plenty of times in my life. Let me tell you something. If your team finally gets to an AFC championship game and you're a Bengals fan, the last thing I want to do is drive to Kansas City to not go to the game and hang out with some slob in a Nick Lowry jersey beforehand while he throws up barbecue sauce all over himself. I think the other Stay thing home. you're not factoring into, you know, you're getting sprayed potentially by Brittany Matthews and you've got Jackson that's, Mahomes that is a good point. dancing in front of you it's as Patrick wow. Mahomes. And so, I mean, that that's a, a possibility, point. right? Oh, now, do you think wow. Jackson Mahomes, just to uh, kind of irk Bengals fans, is going to do the Icky Wood Shuffle? Do you think he oh, does yeah. it on TikTok? I, I would imagine definitely post-game, but yeah. maybe if he's feeling that cocky about it pre-game. Oh, man. That Jackson Mahomes, what a toolbox. Uh, all right, it is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. 15 minutes from now, we're going to have a, uh, another edition of Over-Unders as we uh, you know look ahead to the busy weekend in the NFL, Conference Championship weekend in the NFL. Uh, that's yours here uh, on Fox Sports Radio again 15 minutes from now. Um, so there's a, 
I don't know if anybody has noticed this, but uh, it's been a long time since uh, the Rams have beaten the 49ers. And, uh, you know, it, it's you know this is now six straight. Uh, we're going to get a third matchup this season uh, coming up on Sunday uh, at SoFi Stadium. And uh, Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams, was asked about, you know, uh, his counterpart, Kyle Shanahan, and the matchup and the dominance uh, recently by Kyle Shanahan. Take a listen. Knowing Kyle Shanahan so well, and with the success that the 49ers have been able to have against you, is Kyle in your head at all, you know, in terms of trying to get past these guys? No. Um, what I what I do have is respect for these guys. They've done a great job. You know, you look at it, you got to play well in that three-and-a-half-hour window that we're allotted. You look at the last time that we played them, didn't finish the game, but, but this is a really good football team. We have a lot of respect for them, but – um, you know, we're competing and, and preparing to the best of our ability to go out and, and see if we can advance. But this is a really good team. Kyle's an excellent coach. They got great players, great coaches, good schemes. And so it's why they're in the NFC championship. You know, it's got to burn his ass that Kyle Shanahan dominates him like this. Got to burn his ass. Burn it to the core. You know Jeez, it. To the core. I'm telling like you, man. Some Chipotle hot sauce. Yeah. Hot sauce. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Six Next straight. Six straight. I mean, we we heard all, oh, you know, got to get rid of. That was actually, if you listen to some of the reporting, when the Jared Goff, Sean McVay riff started happening last year, when the relationship started to deteriorate, it was the game against the 49ers when McVay was, uh, a lot of people said he was done with Jared Goff at that point. They had some sort of a, of a disagreement, an argument after the game. He was just so frustrated with the way that he played. Okay, you got a new quarterback, and you're still 0-2. And if they lose on Sunday... I mean, come on, man! Like at at some point, this is there's got to be some something to this much dominance, this much, this many times in a row, Sad different friend. quarterback they're, or not. They're scary. They're scary right now. It's the boogeyman. That, they might be the scariest team right now. That's still <laughs> left standing. I, I, I think I think Kansas City is the best team. I think San Fran is the, the scariest. I think they're pretty scary. And the reason why they're scary is because they're playing some really good football. Their play calling is is tremendous. I mean, it's it has been so good. He has they have found such a rhythm in how they go through their play calling progressions during the course of these games in the playoffs. I I mean <laughs> I think that I think that the Rams are going to have their hands full this this weekend. In fact, I, like my you know, and I've been wrong, of course, you know, but I, I just my gut is telling me that that they might extend that that win streak. <laughs> the San Francisco I'm, might the Niners might extend that winning streak. I'm on the other side of this one. I, I think when we won the line open at three, it's now three and a half um, in, in most books. And it, it's again, it, it's one of those lines very similar to Kansas City where Vegas is begging you, begging you to take San Francisco. They're begging you to take the three and a half points because everyone's talking about the history. Everyone's talking about exactly what you're saying right now. The Rams are the team that much like Tampa Bay last year have a new quarterback new pieces, and they really found their stride at the end of the season and have carried that momentum into the playoffs. Matt Stafford has not turned the football over yet this postseason. Cam Akers has come back and added another dimension out of their backfield. And OBJ, now in isolated, he's a legitimate threat. Cooper Cup, you can make the case, is the best wide receiver in the NFL. 
I mean, that's not like an opinion. I just literally look at the stats. Best, it's hard. Best it, Amish it's, wide receiver for sure. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's, right. I don't know how many – how many more would you throw into the Amish conversation? <laughs> Listen, I haven't got that far. Oh. Still right, working we'll, on we'll, it. We'll come back Racist. Yeah, thank you. Racist. But thank I think you. this is – and I don't want this to come off in a negative vein, but there are a bunch of superstars, and you can even say front runners on the Rams. And that might be able to work against you when things aren't going well. But things are going well, and the stars are playing like stars. Yvonne Miller has been everything they'd hoped he'd be the last seven weeks. Aaron Donald's playing like the best defensive player in the league. OBJ has been worth what they gave up to get this young man. And Matt Stafford has played fantastic. You know, not necessarily down the stretch for the regular season, but once he got into postseason, he, hasn't, he wasn't asked to do much in the wild card round. He, he's been able to kind of take things over now. And last week, case in point, you know, putting the dagger in Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks was huge. So I see this game going a completely different direction. <laughs> and the only other thing that, like, we should discuss and talk about is the fact that, you know, there's a bunch of talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and, and what he is as a quarterback or whatever's happened. Can we stop taking knocks at the guy? He's been successful. Agreed. Every time he's healthy, he wins. Agreed. I don't know why we have to, like, compare him to Joe Montana or compare him to Patrick Mahomes like, he's found his own way of doing it, and they've been successful. So I just – I think you need to appreciate Jimmy Garoppolo for what he's been, but let's not, like, start making this debate and start trashing a guy who it seems like every time he's healthy, all he does is win football games. They're going to play bully ball, and I just – I'm thinking back to when I said how physical this Rams team is going into the Arizona game, and they got manhandled by the Cardinals I mean manhandled and I was like I, I I don't I didn't understand it and then I started thinking to myself can can the Rams deal with a physical like a overly physical team and while conventional wisdom says yes they 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 probably can I just think that I just think that this is going to be a physical game and they have established two to three runners that can get it done out of their backfield. And it is their their success is predicated off of that. I just think that they're going to have a good game plan defensively. 49ers I'm speaking of. They're going to have a game plan that that is going to be sound coming into this game. And if they can establish the run against against the Rams I just, I just think they're a scary team. It, they've, all, they've also got Tom Rathman wearing number 71 yeah. now for some reason, yeah. too. Uh, yeah. I, look, my gut tells me that the Rams are going to win this game, but I yeah. really, really want the 49ers because the Rams bug me. You know what's going to happen this weekend? We had such a – we had the best divisional Don't do round. this. Don't do I, I, this. I mean, this is the real. This, this is, this is going to happen. Do we had this. the best divisional round the NFL has ever seen, Come quite on. possibly Here we go. the best Don't playoff game we've ever seen. Here we go. It's going to be a crap bag. Oh, all right? my God. It's going to be a crap Why bag weekend. That? It's going to be – I'm just saying, like, that's where this whole thing is leading. <laughs> it's going to be – yep, there you go. That's what, we're all, we're all going to be sitting there in the fourth quarter like, oh, man. Unbelievable. I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you. Like, that's where this is – this is heading right now, and, and I do think there's some people who would love to see, as much as it would be cool to see Cincinnati in it, I think the networks want to see the L.A. Rams, a big city market, with them going all in this year, with Sean McVay in a Super Bowl versus Kansas City. Yeah, I, I, just, I think they want to see that sort of high-powered offenses, that sort of explosion. Even though San Francisco, it'd be a great, great rematch, it'd be a great storyline, 
I think that's the matchup, too, that the networks are praying for ends up taking place. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. But San Fran might ruin it. Yeah. I, look, I, I would like to see him do it. I, I just think yeah. it's a fun it's a fun team to watch. But I, my gut tells me the Rams are going to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, but let me let me just do a little before we get to break. Just a quick what if scenario. Mm-hmm. All right. What if it's, uh, you know, early on? Mm. Matt Stafford pick six. Yeah. Niners go down, get a touchdown or a field goal, and they're sitting up ten nothing, fourteen nothing, early second quarter. Uh, let me you t- don't you don't think the there's Rams' like, offensive line has been susceptible to good defensive fronts? I'm just saying, like you you don't think that that with all the pressure because all the pressure is a hundred percent on the Rams. If it's a hundred percent on on Stafford. If the, if they go down early, I just want to see how that team looks because, like you mentioned, well, Brady, they're a front running team. Y- you could make the case though that there's a lot of pressure on Garoppolo. He's got one year left on his deal. They drafted his potential replacement. Like, he's not only playing for the 49ers, he's playing for every other team out there. That's the reality of his situation. So, if we want to talk about pressure, yeah, I don't think we expected the 49ers to be here. But Garoppolo is going to feel the pressure. I mean, I get it. He's been here before. Stafford hasn't. But McVay's been here before. There's some other players in the roster who've been there before. Um, so, I, I just I think it's going to – again – it looks like it could be a, a good game. That's what we've seen between them, but I don't know, man. I, I think we could get a bad weekend of games. Yeah. Could you? By the way, Roberto was halfway to the parking lot. He heard you say crap bag and yeah. came back in to press the Ugh. fart button. I do it for Roberto. I really yeah, do. I know he loves that drop. I mean, he has really been switching it up on those drops, though. I, he, <laughs> I know. He showed a, an array of yeah. assortment. Oh, that's, see, that's the <laughs> yeah, one. That's the, that's the but he, he, made, he made somewhere a little bit He's more like moist, uh, you know, stuff like what, that. What is know? it? A pedoro, Roberto? Pedoro. Yeah, that too. Okay. All right. Uh, Two pros. Oh, wow. See, some Joe, of them are a little just oh. Sports Radio. Oh, uh, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, yeah. Jonas Knox. Uh, all right, coming up next, uh, we're going to have another edition of Over Unders as we look ahead to Conference Championship Sunday in the NFL. It's yours here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer, and we have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts that's that's how we do it hey so the guy that sings this is british that's how we do it it's friday this guy's british no he's not no, he's you're, from you're, here what's the other one yeah he's from here the other Mark one morrison return of the mac yeah this is montel jordan yeah. This is ah uh, whatever. He's like six yeah. nine, six ten. Montel seven Jordan foot. is. Yeah, he's like wow. six eight. He's tall. Interesting. Tall dude. 
Um, it is uh, in my hood tonight. This song stinks. <laughs> uh, uh, this, was, this is great. <laughs> two pros and a cup of so Joe. Good. Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we're going to be uh, back on the air Monday uh, for a little recap. Super Bowl Fifty Six will be set, uh, so we can uh, have a fun discussion about the conference championship games. Another edition of the FSR IR. Uh, hopefully, legal out doesn't pass out by a fire pit. Uh, but uh, we are going to. Uh, <laughs> if you if you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast uh, afterwards. It's FoxSportsRadio.com. Right now, though, it's time for this. Time to put your money where your mouth is. I have been losing. You know you're a lying, low-life gambling degenerate. It's over under. And for that, we turn it over to that guy, Lee DeLap, to find out what the, the hell the, we the, did the, last the, week. DeLap. Last week, you guys, Jonas took the lead here. Yeah. Being, wow. Being the only one to predict that Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford would combine for over okay. 600 yards. Yeah. In fact, they almost what? hit 700 I thought it yards. I over there, too. Oh, here it goes. Oh. Did I not? Every, oh, wow. every week. Why, why can't I ask the I, question? I have it listed as an under. I can go back and, uh, oh, and check I? it. It's not necessarily. You did the right thing. <laughs> oh, my God. He was also the only one who correctly predicted that the, uh, the temperature at kickoff would be above 11 degrees in Green Bay. It wasn't. In fact, 14. Weather guy. Mm, interesting. And uh, But Brady and uh, LeVar, you guys were right that I would hit the over on beers yeah. uh, I drank during that game All at right. six and a half. I, I, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. Jonas would have won anyway, but I'm pretty sure I picked the yeah, over. Whatever. <laughs> just saying. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Berto laughing Just so, so you know, hard. Brady, you do have the playoff <laughs> lead still. Yeah, I don't care. I'm just saying. I, I thought I picked the over. I oh. care. I want to beat you both. Uh, yeah. Just so you guys know, I want to beat the brakes off of I'm, y'all. I'm ready, Lee. Let's I want to brag. I want to be a sore oh, winner. just praying to God Aaron Rodgers doesn't go to someone else besides I the I am Packers. praying to the football gods <laughs> daily that I can come on this hair very show and say, I told both you bitches that he <laughs> was funny, coming back. Here's, here's what's pathetic, though, is the funny part is <laughs> if he does move on. It's like we, we knew can, it. No, no, we can't bring it up with you because you're so sensitive. Yeah, so yeah. we can't even say anything yeah. to you about it. Well, I'm yeah. glad That's you guys know me. I'm glad you guys yeah, know that's me. That's what I'm saying. I mean, heck. Just do what you know? I do. Deny you ever said it. Yeah. I won't deny it, but yeah. I'll get sensitive about yeah. it. Yeah. So what? All right, you guys. Brady gets sensitive too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't. Jonas, you are the biggest sensitive dude no, in I, the world. I don't, I don't believe so, man. Oh, Jonas is so rock. sensitive. They just hired a head coach, and he, we didn't even talk about it today. Yeah. We. Yeah. Think about that. Because the Bears already had a Ryan and a Matt running the show. Now they brought back another one. I mean, like that combination worked the first time. See. So face. you don't think it's going to work because it's a Ryan and a Matt? There yeah, you go. Whatever. Uh, what do we got, Lee? You got <laughs> a look at the AFC Championship between the Bengals and the Chiefs. Passing yards combined for Mahomes and. Burrow 600 over. Jeez. <laughs> well, over. come on. Especially if it's a blowout. I mean, Cincinnati's going to have to throw the ball to get back in the game. Over. I'm taking over. All right, you guys. Jamar Chase receiving yards 87 and a half. Over. Over. I'm taking the under. God, I think I'm thinking the under too. Now I'm going to take the over. Stick with my gut. All right. Evan McPherson, six and a half kicking points. <laughs> Mm, that's an interesting one. I, I think I'm taking the over in the game. Is it still a 54 and a half? It is. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll take the over on that. So six, six and, and a half. half. I'm going to take the over. I need two field goals and a touchdown to put it simply. I will take the under. On to the NFC Championship. Receptions for Cooper Cup, seven and a half. Over. Over. You know what? There, I read a stat that 
just make your I'm just saying. Pick, like I read, Jonas. no, this is serious. I read a stat that okay, the, the last the weekend of January is usually um, when you see the lowest output from um, people in, Am- in Amish, Amish villages. Wow. So, so yes. because the button, be- because he is Amish, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take it. It's a bad is weekend for him. actually Amish? Uh, no, but I mean, listen. That makes it, hit it again. It I, makes it even yeah. doubly I, well, look, I mean, look at his beard. He doesn't look Amish. Uh, hit it again. It makes like, it triply like bad. Saying, so all Amish people oh have beards no, like it's, that? It's like saying Andrew Luck doesn't sound like Andre the Giant. I mean, come That's on. That's true. He does. Lastly, you guys, rushing yards for Debo Samuel, 39 and a half rushing over. yards. I would take the over. over on that. Um, I just went all overs. I'll take the underly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know, I know why. <laughs> I'm I going know. to go cook some wings. <laughs> I'm going to make some wings. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend, everybody. So many guys. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.